we got any stupid antidotes we want to start with or I mean, that's a stupid antidote right there. Well, you know, you got to tell a motherfucker when you're going to hit the record button. So, what up, motherfuckers? Welcome back to Pixar. It didn't happen. I am your host, the Jew. I am in the Yeti cave, which means I am joined by my brother, the Yeti. What up, y'all motherfuckers? Uh, and we're here today because we're going to talk about some shit that, I'm going to be honest, I ain't even fucking know went down. This is, this is a story that uh, transpired in June 4th, 2004, and this is the story of... Marvin Heemeyer and his fucking killdozer. Motherfucker tore shit up. Now, we're talking about this shit today because we literally just watched the Netflix documentary Tread. Yeah, plus I wanted to talk about this motherfucker, but I I don't have fucking time to do research. Fuck you. We you read a book and you tell me. We need a Jamie. Any and all fucking people listening right now, if you want a job that doesn't pay anything and is full of disrespect and you're getting told, hey, Jamie, pull that up. Pixar It Didn't Happen needs you. Well, okay, let me rephrase that. What we're looking for is an awesome member to join our team that happens to love research and wants to Not work for... Not getting paid. Well, yeah, there's no money. But uh, hit us up if you're interested. I feel like Groot. I feel like Groot. Like as far as money, we have no money. There is none. <coughs> oh, fuck. Okay, so, again... The, the the Netflix documentary Tread is is what brought us to talking about this. And um, before we get into the meat of this, I'm going to say this right now: as we go on this story, you're going to feel you're going to feel two things. One, somebody is lying through their teeth. Yep. And two, you can only push a good man so far. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's a messed up story because you're like, oh well, it's hard to tell who the bad guy is and where those lines are. And I guess that's what. The decisions that you have to make for yourself, you know? Where is your line? This dude, he took it to the fucking max. So, we're just going to start this right now. In, in 1992, uh, Marvin Heemeyer attempted to purchase a, uh, a piece of property in Granby, Colorado. Okay? Now, according to his story... Pause this. Yeah, so actually, we're going to go back. It was 92, he moves to Colorado... Um, you know, he starts working for this muffler shop, and he becomes... Well, I mean, it's his muffler shop. Well, no, not at first. He starts working for somebody, but he quickly realizes, I can do this just myself, so he decides to open up his own muffler shop, and it, you know, he's kind of regarded as the best welder in the area, and he was all, you know, he was the guy to go to when shit was broke. So, um, you know, he's, he started building his muffler shop and doing the things he wanted to do, Um and eventually got the opportunity, you know, to buy this piece of land. It was a nice piece of property, too. Yeah, it already had, you know, the buildings, all the stuff he was going to need. And, you know, it seemed like things were going, you know, in life were going pretty good for him. And he was, you know, looking forward to, you know, building his life and his company. And, you know, the, you know what everybody kind of wants to be, their own boss and live life on their own terms. And in order to get that life he was wanting that you were just talking about, he was going to have to purchase a piece of property in order to build his muffler shop. Now, this is where the story basically begins. Uh, at the auction, uh, Marvin Heemeyer purchased this piece of property for $42,000. Now, according to what he claims, a man by the name of Cody Dorschiff and Gus Harris were there also to purchase the property. And they didn't. And evidently, according to Mr. Heemeyer... Uh, Cody Dorchev gave him quite an earful for about 10 minutes of uh, just telling him how, how bad he kind of screwed his business up or whatever. Uh, according to Cody Dorchev, this conversation never took place. And, and my thoughts on this particular point right now, if we were to keep fucking count, like 
get yourself a piece of paper, make up a scorecard because you're going to want to keep track of who's got what going on and which side you're on. Because, like, at this point, you know. Team Marv. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the man, you, he made a higher bid than you. You didn't make the bid. That's on you. That's how auctions work. So, right now, one for good old Marvin. Team Marv so far. Now, according to Marv, this really, really upset Cody Dorchiff and uh, apparently the town council, uh, 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 six six guys, uh, Patrick Bauer, um, fucking, hold on, let me see here, Matt Reed, Ben McLachlan, Dick Brody, Gus Harris, and these guys weren't on the board, but the Thompson family, Gary and Larry Thompson, and their father, who was the acting mayor at the time of all of this. Right, and, and here's, here's some important you know, information about this whole town, I guess, sort of some backstory. So um, I'm not, some of you may not be from the small town, and some of you may, and you're going to understand completely what we're talking about. This town was very much controlled by you know, the Thompsons and maybe you know, one or two other families. Um, it was kind of one of those Oh, I, mi- I missed a name. His name was Casey Farrell. My bad. Okay, yeah, so another guy. But... So in these types of towns, when you have these families that have been there and sort of their family helped found the town and they've been there so long, they own most of the actual property and businesses within the, the town. Like every goddamn thing. So they really kind of make the rules for the town. And if you don't play by their rules, then they're going to do everything they can to make your life fucking miserable. That is kind of how they work. So he sort of falls. I think he does fall into this kind of situation where he's going to get fucked around and jerked around and you're going to see, you know, oh, you're just it's it's literally just getting started. Uh, According to Trisha McDonald, Stuart Spencer and actual friends of Mr. Heemeyer, he was a nice guy, just like to ride his fucking snowmobiles and shit. That's literally all he wanted to do was run his business and work on his snowmobiles. Yeah, that's his whole passion, all of them. Now, literally, literally, that's pretty fucking simple, yeah? And his hot tub. Yeah, and his hot tub. We'll hear a lot about the hot tub soon. So... The minute his business goes up and in, uh, there's already suppo- there's already a roadblock that the town council puts in front of him. They tell him that since he's 400 yards away from the city sewage and water system, he's going to have to pay upwards of eighty thousand to one hundred and twenty thousand dollars to connect to the city's water and sewage, which he doesn't believe he should even fucking have to. Was 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 how he felt about it. So there's there's one you were telling to keep straight keep keep score. There's one of the town against Marvin Hemeyer. So. Time goes on, and it we see what the the Dorchef plan really was, and he begins to build a concrete mill plant, pretty much right beside Mister Hemeyer's uh, muffler shop. Well, you forgot, and, they, and according to him, I don't know the the laws in Colorado at the time, um, but according to what uh, Mister Hemeyer said. You know, they had illegally zoned that property, and it should not have been oh, sold. Yeah, yeah, I forgot so that entirely. He, like he, he, fought ag- politicking. He, he fought against the, the, the even planning of this fucking concrete mill to the point that, like, he was suing the city. And this, this is even before the mill is built. He's already against it and trying to help turn the town against it as well. And he did a pretty decent job. Yeah, they made some concessions, and the town said their their side was well. We felt like you know we're glad he brought up these these uh, these things because we didn't really consider those, and they felt. But we're like going to go ahead and build it anyway. Yeah, they felt like they they were able to get enough concessions and enough things 
in their favor for the town that it was worth it to go ahead and do it and they were going to clean up those issues that he had and that was going to make it their own merry way. Well, he didn't see it that way. and He claimed that the mill was taking money away from his business. He claimed that the, the concrete dust was driving away c- uh, c- customers and all these things. And like, And again, before this is even built, he's fighting this and they're telling them they can't build this and they're literally building it while they're being told they can't build it. Yeah, yeah. Cause like there's, there was, you know, some kind of like subpoena. They weren't allowed to do anything while this litigation was going on. So they're just like, man, fuck that. We're going to keep doing it anyway. So they just kept on about their thing, just marching along, building their stuff and moving things in. From, from, from 1992 to around 94, uh, the next incident uh, tra- transpired. Uh, Mr. Hemeyer, uh started believing that the town council were snickering against him. Like, and it's a small town, so it's easy to see the mayor in the fucking local grocery store. Right, yeah. He, he said they would laugh at him uh, when they'd see him around town after he'd lost. Um, oh, yeah, you know, you're, 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 you're a little early there. We haven't even lost the oh, lawsuit yeah, yet. Yeah. So, yeah, spoiler alert. Nah. So this, this guy is literally just trying to do everything he can uh, in his way to keep his business afloat. Um to the point that he starts to lease out some of the space to one of the local trucking companies so that he can even have some kind of money come in because he believes that his muffler shop is failing. So after about 13 years of fighting this tooth and nail, fighting it in every way he can, fighting it before it was built, fighting it while they were building it, fighting it after they finished building it, he loses his lawsuit. Like, just absolutely fucking loses. The court dismisses it. His lawyer says, we're not even going to appeal this. It's not, it's not a case that you can win. So he decides, well, my muffler shop's not going to work anymore. I'm just going to sell it. Well, he tried selling it before that even, and that's the, the, the crazy part. According to you know the town and the, their side of the story, they offered... A couple of offers to actually buy him out of his contract. Anywhere from two hundred and fifty thousand to three. Uh, the first offer was two hundred and fifty thousand. And remember, he only paid what was it thirty or forty-two? Forty-two thousand dollars. So he's already set to win, and he says, "Well, he backed out. He yeah. backed out of the deal, and he, he wanted more money." Of course, he wanted more money, and Never they had, offered more money. Thir- thir- thirty-seven or three thousand seven hundred and or fuck. 30, I can't say it. Pause it. 3,700 or 3,700. 375. You can't even say it. It's 375,000 is what he was trying to say. You're going to leave that in? I'm doing it, yeah. Fuck it. Okay. So, yeah, and he backed out of that as well. So, finally, he just decides, fuck it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to sell my muffler shop. This, this isn't working. But before he sold this muffler shop, he took a trip to, uh, I think they said it was uh, some part of California, um, up north, I think it was around San Francisco or something to that effect, and he said, and he bought a few things. But the number one thing that he bought for thirty-three thousand dollars was a Komatsu bulldozer. Yeah, because he wasn't gonna actually. He wasn't ready to sell. He wasn't gonna. He didn't actually decide to auction. He decided he was on a path from God that he had a mission and he needed to complete it. And he, but had he didn't know what that mission out. was yeah. yet. Yeah. He wanted to, but he had to prove something to this town that they didn't get to decide his fate and his story. So then he buys this dozer and he gets it shipped into his home and it gets to his house and they're unloading at like five in the morning. All of these people who he's made an enemy of 
told the, the, the documentary people that they seen the dozer being driven through town to his property. And then he proceeded to leave that dozer with a for sale sign on the front at the edge of his property facing Cody's house or business. Foreshadowing much? Yeah, I mean, you know, just a little bit of intimidation. So after he does all this, this is when things get, you know, they really turn sideways for him. And he decides that, you know what, I'm just going to sell it all and we're going to go do something else. And his intention was to sell all of his property, yep. all of the muffler making material on his property and the dozer. Right. But on the day of the sale, um, they actually did not get a, any bids. He All had they couple- bought was some of the, the random uh, muffler-making machines and things of that nature. Yeah, he was left with two things that didn't sell, and they were, of the course, property, big ticket items. The property and the dozer. Right, the two things he needed to move the most. So- now, now this, this Mr. Hemeyer is now convinced that God is talking to him. We were talking about the hot tub. After he lost his lawsuit, he, he claimed that he sat in his hot tub for a few hours and began to formulate some kind of plan. He didn't know what, but he knew that God was telling him he had to be some kind of righteous sort of vengeance. Right. So that leads to, well, my dozer didn't sell. My property didn't sell. Then this must be a sign from God that I was meant to be here at this time with these things. And this is what I need to do. So... It just so happened, another uh, sign from God. Hold on, can I tell him? Can I tell him? At this point, he's now recording himself speaking oh, yeah, into yeah. a ta- tape recorder, uh, a-, a la This Is My Manifesto style, before we've even started building the dozer. He's, he's now telling us that God is speaking to him, and now he has to record what God is telling him to do. So there's. There's a strike one against not Team Hemeyer, not Team Yeah, Marv. not so great. So, and what he decides to do is he does end up selling his property. Um, to $400,000. Yeah, all the money he wants. Now, he could do anything he wants at this point. I mean, yeah, maybe you don't get to chase your dream and live in this particular town. But, I mean, you have $400,000, like, and you only started with so li- You had v- way less to start with. Just start over, man. Just pick up, take your shit. Go, go do something somewhere else. At this I mean, point, he also has broken up with his long-term girlfriend, oh, yeah. or she broke up with him. We can't really tell. He's yeah. not even living in his giant house any fucking more. He's he's living on the muffler shop property that he's leased space from from the guys who he was leasing space to, who actually bought the property. Yeah, he rented the one shed, and this is a fucking web, by the si- way. Sign of God, you know, the dozer that he bought just happened to fit inside. Perfect. Like, within Perfect. inches of fitting through that door. And, you know, in his mind, well, why didn't I buy that bigger one? Why didn't I get this other model? Because God Cause wanted God me to wanted buy me this to dozer. Because it's going to fit perfect. And that's going to allow me to do the things that I want to do and I need to do to get my 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 vengeance on now, this town. Now, now here's, here's, here's where it gets... It, this, is, this is where it gets so fucking great. This man, with his expertise in metal fabrication... He's good. Begins to go through the long process of outfitting this dozer with armor plating and, and and fucking like not just any armor plating. Like he actually built, I, I what was it steel? Yeah, steel yeah. No, 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 here, here we go. I got this. I got this. This armor was over one foot thick, 
consisting of 500 PSI quick concrete mix sandwiched between sheets of tool steel. Yeah, this thing was armored. This is already this this is already a larger than necessary bulldozer. Yeah, that's that's it's not a tiny bulldozer. Like this thing was as tall as a damn building. Eighty-eight is tons is what this fucking thing was on. Now Marvin, this Marvin begins to take this time in building his 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 retribution as he sees it, and. The reason why he starts to think, really, really think that this mission is brought on by God, he keeps asking himself, well, why haven't I been caught yet? Why hasn't anybody seen <laughs> me building this fucking thing? Right. And like, he, even to the point of like, he, he was kind of, he set up cameras to watch so he knew when the workers were going to be on the property and sort of set a routine based around that. But they needed, there was, they had to have an inspection done of all the buildings on the property and he put this dozer under a tarp and told him some bullshit story about how he was getting some kind of upgrade done by some college professor. It was an experimental yeah. ex- it was an experimental process. Yeah. And I these dumb mouth breathing hicks fucking bought yeah, it. I can't remember what exactly it was. They were gonna pr- improve something like the power and fuel consumption is what they told him. In reality, had they looked, they would have saw... The fucking killdozer. Yes, yeah, a monstrosity of a, a fucking dozer with all kinds of crazy armor. And you would, that would probably... And there's more, and we'll tell you more about it, but I just I want to touch on something. So I feel like we should talk about the men who Marv believed were his enemies, just because they're, they're, some of them tickled me real good. Dick Brody with those fucking sideburns that look like... Right, so, yeah, so that guy... I don't know what possessed this man to do the things. All bald people, all bald except for mutton chops, and not even nice mutton chops. Like, they looked uneven, they were thin, and they went all the way down to his chin, but then he had, like, that chin stripe thing. That David Draymond used to have. Now, now, this is is what's funny to me about this. So I'm looking at the picture of the guy, and his face is kind of shadowed. And all I keep thinking of is why the fuck is there a headset mic on the side of this fucking idiot's face? It's like he's got a trihawk on his chin. It's completely fucked. Uh, I mean, and case, that has nothing to do with his case in his process. I, he just looks like a fucking. No, player. I want to laugh at these idiots for a second. Casey Farrell, his nose looked like it was literally about to rot off on the, t- the top of his face. Yes. Uh, this this was one of the town board members. Um, Patrick Brower, he was the Sky News Granby guy. He definitely looked like a pedophile. I know that they don't have a look, but sometimes they do. Well, he's just over there being judgy. I, I do want to say, though. Hold the, on. The, Larry and Gary Thompson. I was going to get to these guys. I actually, with these guys, it's important to actually know that, obviously, the Thompson family, they were one of those families that I was talking about before that they owned most of the town. These guys had all kinds of big, giant trucks and equipment and their own business and made lots and lots of money. They did all the work themselves, so they didn't really pay anybody, and they kind of just had massive amounts of income flowing in and so much property and land throughout this town. They kind of laid the rules, and it was actually their dad was on the town board. He was the the fucking mayor. Yeah, the mayor. And so, you know, they had all that power, and these two doofy-looking guys. Tweedledick and Tweedledickless. they, They literally had the look of... The characters from the the Disney movie. Well, they didn't just um, have the look; they had they, the fucking personality too. Absolutely, yeah. The older brother talked, and the little brother fucking co-signed. Yep, yep. That, that's what that's what happened. 
It was the most ridiculous thing ever. And then the other guy, Cody Dorchev, he was like, so the story Marv Meyer gave about him being an asshole, they all kind of co-signed without admitting it. They're, yeah, that's just Cody. He's he's a fast, he's a fasty guy. Yeah, you know the stuff people say when like somebody's a total fucking prick. But they're like, well, you know he's all right. You know he's an asshole, know? but he's all asshole. Yeah, like he's all right, guy. You know you just got to know how he is. Like that's just how he acts. Like that just means he likes you. He just he's just picking on you. It's all right. Uh, one of the things I neglected to mention because we're getting ready, we're getting close to the big event here. One of the things that Marv also did to his his Kamatsu. D-355A bulldozer. That was a mouthful. Yeah, uh-huh, because they're going to look that shit up. Yeah, a uh-huh. of- it's a big fucking dozer. <laughs> he outfitted this son of a bitch with an air conditioning unit. Oh, yeah, he did hook himself up. And this is where it gets really frightening. A Barrett 50 Cal sniper rifle. Paul, you want to tell him about a Barrett 50 Cal for a second since you know a little bit about it? I mean, I know about... It's got big ass bullets. Like these things, like like size of your hand, and if you got small hands, bigger than your hand. Ha! Like these bullets, this is designed to destroy equipment and you know stop things from going. You can put holes in engine blocks. They're not to be pointed at. You're not supposed to shoot people with them. When actually used on a person, soldiers usually refer to it as the pink mist. Shit! Yeah, shit! It explodes. It's. So now he Not has bored out on the back of his armor plating and still inside his armor plating, still inside, but except for the gun barrel, is this is now outfitted with an anti-tank weapon? Yeah, it'll an mess anti-material up. weapon? Yeah, it'll mess some stuff up. And on top of that, like he he was ingenious in his building of this machine. He thought of everything. Almost. Almost. Almost everything. Some things you can't account for. No, you just can't. But he did, you know, he had the gun he had he was completely sealed inside of the tank like once he was in there there was no way in it was sealed from the inside of the vehicle and he actually was there was no like real weaknesses to it because he didn't even have windows. He, no, no, he, no. He had him outfitted with fucking cameras all around the five tank. Five cameras hooked up to like. Some I'm done calling monitors. it a bulldozer at this point. This is yeah. now a tank. Yeah, this is a tank at this point. <laughs> so and let, well, kind of high tech for the for its day. We've kind of built this up, but let's get to it now. So, on June fourth, two thousand four, Marv signs off for his last tape, and the killdozer rips destroys the side of what used to be his pride and joy, his muffler shop. Apparently, God didn't account for the, the size that he was going to build this thing. Well, it, 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 it gave him a bigger door. It fit just enough before it was built. I guess that gives you the concealment. Concealment's not necessary at this point. So he rips out of what, I, like I was saying, what used to be his muffler shop. The thing, that, the thing that has been the root of all of this, he destroys the side of and uh, now pulls out and begins to bear down onto Cody Dorsher's concrete plant, the bane of his existence. <laughs> he does it. <laughs> oh, man. They didn't even see it coming. Like, well, they did, because dozers are not quick. Yeah, this was not a quiet, this was not a quiet entrance. <laughs> but they were not prepared for that morning to be like, well, guess we're going to deal with this today. So what they describe the event happens while before Marv even reaches the concrete plant, while he's rolling down their front driveway, I guess, uh, the Cody asks for one of the pistols that one of his workmen have brought to the site. It's a little fucking six shooter. It might have had some, some oomph behind it. Pink, nothing. 
That's going to be the story of this. That sound. I'm sure they heard it all day. It was uh, pink. Not a fucking thing. They tried so hard. It was ridiculous. No, this is this is one of my favorite parts. Uh, when the cops chase him around a fucking building. Hold on, hold on. No, that's good, but you're getting ahead of yourself. No, the 911 call. Oh, God. This this bitch is the most calm I've ever heard for someone basically deci- des- describing well, a, a potential war zone. Well, I mean, it's not her concrete shop. <laughs> Ain't none of her business. Uh, yeah, they're not going to stop him, she says. <laughs> She's like, yeah, no. So, yeah, you can tell your part now. Talk about... Oh, what? this? The cops chasing oh, him around. Yeah. So, you know, it's a giant fucking tank at this point, and he's, it, he, it is very well armored. And these cops, you know, they show up, and they're like, we're going to stop them, and they have, you know, their service pistols. Shotguns. Sh- they came with yeah, shotguns they, they at this shotguns. point. They came with shotguns at this point. Well, they shot into the bucket of his killdozer. Pink! It did nothing. It just <laughs> they shot the, off. They shot the sides. Guess what? Pink! Yeah, so... And actually, at they so they chasing around and like trying to figure out how that what are they gonna do? Like, and so most of these guys are actually mechanically inclined, so they think the treads. We'll we'll yeah. throw we'll, we'll throw a big hunk of rebar <laughs> in the treads. Cause yeah, if you can jam up the treads, you're gonna jam up the whole thing, and that'll stop it. Guess what? Didn't work. Didn't work. They needed more, they needed a bigger piece of steel, I think. So after about. 15 minutes of just destroying this fucking concrete plant. The cops finally do show up in mass and they pull up behind a barricade with their M4s. Well, hold on. You forgot. First, they did try the Mech Warrior met- approach. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cody, Cody himself came and attacked the Killdozer with his own front end loader. Yeah, it's not, it wasn't, you know, that's not a fair fight. You can't be bringing a lightweight into the heavyweight championship fight. Oh, this was, this was definitely a featherweight versus the super heavyweight. Yeah, like, yeah, I can't believe I glossed over this. Hold on, I got to get to this. So, in trying to upend Marv and his killdozer, this is when they found out that the tank is armed. <laughs> yeah. The bucket of Cody's front end loader begins to take fire from the Barrett 50 cow. Now, he was, he was okay. Uh, he didn't get hurt because no pink miss for Cody. The uh, that fortunately the bucket did, and I guess parts of the tractor did slow the bullet down and stop it from actually hitting him. He also knocked himself out on the <laughs> on the front windshield of his own front end loader when he smashed into Marv, who uh, didn't fucking move. Unfortunately, Cody did not wear his seatbelt. And he did knock himself out. So after the knockout incident and then waking up to gunfire from an anti-tank round, he ducks the fuck out and decides this is no longer my fight. I'll leave it to the authorities. Yep. Your truck's bigger. Gotcha. So so the cops show up in mass, like I was saying, and they, they hide behind this concrete barrier. And first, Marv takes a couple shots through the barrier, and it's it's pretty thick concrete, so it's not going through. But remember... He's got that killdozer. He, he moves does. in on the cop's position and just just knocks over the, the barricades they're setting behind. And then kind of just drives over. So the then they run the fuck away. And in the, t- in the process of them running the fuck away, there was an SUV in his path, and now the SUV is a pancake. Yeah, he, he, he definitely turned. It, it was the craziest thing ever. Like, it was, I don't know, what, a half an inch thick on that part that he got all the way a hold of that door and like smushed it out it was ridiculous and then this this this, this is also awesome this, this this just proves how fucking thought maybe the guy really was hearing from god he greased the outside of the exterior of the armor so when people tried to climb they slipped and fell on their ass 
Yeah, because they 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 tried and he couldn't get out there. Now, however, once the the killdozer it made it to hold on, you're getting ahead of yourself. Before he before they left the 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 concrete plant, a cop from a roof jumped on top of the killdozer. Oh yeah, that's where he jumped on at the uh, the ple- that, at the place. Yeah, there, there was no like now this cop is now on top of the roof. There's no entry. There's yeah. nothing for him to pull at. He And then, in looking at this, he starts to see the ingenious design, and he found the air conditioning port. Yeah, and that's where, you know, they realize, okay, there's no way, you know, you kind of expect, like, you know, that wheel on top that you can crank or open. Nope, didn't exist. He did not, there was not that there, and... He did see the air conditioner. He tried shooting at that. Didn't to, work. Didn't work. Didn't do anything. They threw a fucking flashbang. There was enough room between where he was and the air conditioner chamber that it didn't affect him in any way. So now he can't get in. There's no way in. It's all sealed, and he's just stuck. And Marv's done with the concrete plant. He's moving on to his next yeah, targets. He's moving on. And, and this like, fucking remember, cop is on the roof still. This It's literally like a one-story building. It was as tall as this. Like he d- couldn't climb the, the the tractor. He had to be on top of this building and just sort of leap on. onto the roof. Like it's it just it's just a hollow shell at this point when Marv leaves. The the county call in two of their their scrapers, uh, some of the industrial shit they use for the uh, the highway projects, and they think that this is going to stop Marv when he's driving through. Guess what? No, no sir. He, he literally pushed it out of the way like a kid moves his toys. Yeah, he just, he like almost tipped this damn thing over. Like, there's nothing and, s- strong enough to fight this damn thing. And the guys involved in this, these these were Marv's enemies. This was his list. These oh, the, yeah, these that's, he was, he was, he had targets. It was not random. I will say that. So he goes and he destroys the Sky News place where the newscaster guy was at. Oh, yeah, by the way, he was mad at the newscaster anyway because he said he screwed him on a deal and didn't do a story on him. So, you know, that was what was part of why his business was hurt. So that's why he inevitably had to take out this had place. To, had to take that one out. He, he destroys City Hall, just flattens it. Well, they were being pricks, and they were they were trying to screw me and kick me out of town and take my money. Oh, uh, yeah. Everybody's against Marv. Time for Marv to get his. And that was the thing. America. He kept going on and on in these tapes about how you're not going to beat me. The only people who master my destiny are God and me, not well, you. And he also kept talking about, like, leveling the playing field and making it fair. Well, this motherfucker, when he was done, there was no playing field. Well, that's because he was there to play soccer. And they were there to play softball. So yeah, this and now one, I got the advantage. This this went on for about two fucking hours. Uh, finally, Marv's last target. Oh, oh, wait, hold on. He flattened the Thompsons' mom's house. Yeah. Yep. They got her out of there though, because like she was home. And that's the that's the one thing. Like he hasn't killed anybody. Nobody's dead. Just property destruction. Now he he was menacing some very, lives. Very menacing to these lives. Like, but again, got- only when they fucked with him. Right, like Mama almost got it because she was she was sleeping in bed. But she didn't want to believe it. The, the Tweedledee and Tweedledum <laughs> called, like, "Mama, you better get out of your house. Get she, out right now." And they didn't. She didn't believe it, but then she fucking believed it. Yeah, she got out of there. So Thank God, bulldozers are slow as fuck. It, he got it in his head. I don't know why. He started firing the Barrett. He started shooting at propane tanks. And, oh, yeah, that was and, random as fuck. And the and the town generator. Like, I, I guess his plan was just to fuck this town from top to bottom. The problem here's no move. This is like his first design flaw in his entire build. I'm gonna say only design flaw. Yeah, I mean it's the only thing he could have controlled. He he didn't have he had armor on that back tail spike thing that went up and it was in the way because the way the the land was it put him in an awkward angle. 
So because it was the spike wouldn't allow him to get the proper angle when he would shoot at these propane tanks. He was hitting his own armor. Yeah, he was shooting into the back of his own armor. So he wasn't he did hit a generator, but he actually wasn't able to get a shot off that was able to hit the propane tanks because had he hit these, we're not talking like your grill for in your backyard. We're talking This would have been movie level shit. Massive. This would this would have blew up half the fucking town. Yes, it would have been a whole different story, and we probably would have heard a lot more about this. Am I a prick because I kind of wished he would have? I mean, Twisted Metal was a badass game, and I'm going to just say it's Twisted Metal's fault. Cause, so, you know. after about two hours, of maybe maybe we're probably about an hour and ten minutes into this now, uh, a local civilian shows up with his own 50 cal. So now we have something that might, might hurt Marv's armor. I thought he might have been a... a, a, a a cop that was off duty or something. I don't know. Well, no, no, the cop got the gun from a civilian. Oh, okay. So, yeah, dude shows up with a fucking crazy gun because Colorado, America, fuck yeah. So this cop finally thinks he might have a way to shut down this whole thing. Maybe if he shoots into the cab enough times, he can hit Marv. Pink, not a fucking dent. It hits the bucket, and it barely goes through. And it does nothing to Marv inside. So now he's bearing down on Gambles. Uh, Gambles was owned by, let me get his stupid fucking name up here. Gambles is, uh, and you know, it was like you know the local hardware store, and uh, this was Casey Farrell. This yeah. was this was where uh, uh, Marva decided this was the end. He was going to move in on Casey Farrell, and that was. Pr- I don't know what he intended to do next because this was where it ended. He 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 bulldozed through the building just fine, but he didn't know that there was a basement. Right. So I'm I want to I want to sort of paint the picture on how this went down because. It's kind of weird because I was trying to I I've you know looking into the story before I watched the the film, I was like, well, how do how was he driving through this building? And you have to understand first of all, like we said, this bulldozer is not small, it is massive. So this thing, when it pulled up to the front of this hardware store, you know, it's standing at height with this store, and it smashes the front corner of this building, and that you know buckles the whole front end, and he backs it up. And he smashes into the front end, and it's sort of, you know, destroying this front end. And what he ends up doing is actually taking his uh, tank and going to the edge of the building and basically attempting to act as a can opener um, on this building. And sort it, of ju- it just gutted it from the side. Right. Like, it tore literally the left side of the building. Right. So imagine his bulldozer off. is kind of... Half in the building, half outside. And he's driving with half his, he, his dozer in the building. His scraper isn't balls deep. We're, we're half hanging out here. So, and you know, he's tearing down this wall and he's driving. So half of his, his uh, dozer's inside. Well, the thing that most people didn't know about this particular building was the basement inside the building. Unless you worked there, you didn't know it you, had one. And at this point also, Marv's machine had kind of taken more damage than it could but not even from the cops bullets but from the 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 job he was putting on it yeah the, the extra armor definitely kept him safe um but that you know it's not designed for that extra weight that was a lot of added weight so the bulldozer definitely has overheated now and we have large plumes of smoke just right billowing so he's out. you know he's his health bar is down he's starting to limp a little bit and he's pressing through and then he hits the over the area over of the floor that's over the basement and all of that weight now crushed through that floor 
and left him noth- with nothing that he could uh, use those treads on except for open air. And on top of that, the other city scraper had moved in and Behind blocked. him, so he couldn't go backwards. And he doesn't have enough power to push it out of the way anymore. So now, after 14 years, after trying to do things the right way possible, after everything he tried to do, we have now come to the end of this story. A guy who just liked to work on mufflers and just liked to ride his snowmobiles has now leveled a small American town. And he... Um, he knew it was over, and he had plans in place for that. Um, Though the plan he, in place was a, was a revolver. Yeah, he was he wasn't going to be taken in. He wasn't going to deal with that. He was going to kill himself, and he did. And then the they actually had to spend hours <laughs> Hold getting on. into this. This thing. is a story into in and of it to itself. So first they show up. The, the local SWAT shows up, and they use two large. Explo- uh, packs of plastic, I'm, I'm guessing, because people said that they heard they had the explosions rattle their windows from miles away. Nothing. The first blast did nothing. The second blast, nothing. Finally and finally, they had to bring in a cutting torch and literally cut the top off of this. And when they got inside, you know, they already knew he was dead from the explosions, but Marv had had taken his own life. Yeah, they heard the gunshot and kind of assumed, but, you know... But, yeah, so they, they pulled him out, and all of this all of this could have been avoided, I feel like, if, one, people would have paid a bit more attention to Marvin Hemeyer. Yeah, that would have helped. Um, and, two, if corruption in government couldn't exist the way it does. I mean, yeah, and on, I would add a third option. I don't think, I think Marvin, I think there might, I don't know if there was something wrong with him, if he was just alone, if things were sort of festering in his mind. Well, the thing, the thing right before it all happened, and it, this is usually a stressor in events like this, his father passed away. So he might have not even, like, from what we hear and what we watch, he wasn't in his right mind from a, from a long time ago, but the last events were just too much for him. Right, and uh, w- just the part that, like, yeah, it, it sucks that, you know, that you had, you know, this shop and you wanted to do these things, and he felt like his life was taken from him, but, I mean, realistically, you you were going to get 300 thousand dollars on a $40,000 investment. 250 was a fucking, was a, was a win yeah. when it was first offered. And you've got almost half a million, like... You know what? At the end of the day, just go somewhere else. Like you can own a muffler shop in small town somewhere else. And and this is this is where this is why we don't know whose team we are really on, because it seems like wrong was done by all parties. I mean, I'm still gonna say this dude straight up fucking lost his shit. Like, they, he handled it completely fucking wrong. I'm an anarchist, Team Marv. Yeah, I can't go Team Marv because I'm not an anarchist in the least. Um, I believe, you know, he was he was wronged and he took it very personal and he wasn't going to let it go. Me personally, I'd have been like, thanks for the check. Fuck your hillbilly town. I'm out. 
Like, they didn't even like you in the town anyway, so why you want to stay there anyway? Just fucking move. Yeah, Tweedle, Tweedle Dick and Tweedle Dickless were upset that they uh, they melted down the, t- the Killdozer instead of maybe making a museum and making more money off of it. Right, that was their main concern. They could have made money. So, like, th- yeah, that's my thing. Like, just take their fucking money and just fuck off somewhere else. Like, it's there's other places to live. Back to Marv, though. I'm not someone who believes in coincidences, and I'm not saying that God was speaking to him. But, he was but all that shit is a little weird that it all just kind of lined up, isn't it? I mean, maybe, or you say, like, it's not every day that somebody wants to buy a $400,000 piece of property and a $30,000 fucking bulldozer. Like, who's just got 33? Like, you know what? I feel like I need a dozer today, and you happen to be selling one? Sold, sir. But, like, yeah, so, but this, this was just ridiculous, though. Like, this story... Go watch the fucking movie. Go do your own research. We just gave you what we pulled from this. Holy shit. I mean, it's a pretty fucking crazy story. The dude. But there's there's one more part to this. This is this is this is life giving Marv his final middle finger. And this is why I believe I didn't know this story as much as I should have. The day after Marv's rampage. Ex-president Ronald Reagan passes away, and all of the news filters are now full of dead Reagan and not poor, wronged so, Marvin Heemeyer. In the end, it meant nothing because the, the, none of the corruption was looked into. Nothing changed. No, yeah, nothing changed. Life goes on. Now, <laughs> he, did have, I w- he did have one. And here's the thing. Here's why I think he, he – and we know he knew what he was doing. We knew that he had had these plans in place because – he did he did kind of i guess get his revenge in a small way because before it all went down he he did have money and all the money he got from when he sold everything and he owed a lot of money well i mean after wrecking the entire town yeah those buildings have to be rebuilt but in a stroke a, another genius move on his part he had willed his money to his he already trade, transferred his money to his father who then transferred it to his sisters and brothers before he had passed away so they weren't it made it very difficult for the town to try to collect from him after death because he didn't have any money at time of death and it wasn't just like it was a step away like oh he's just trying to skirt the law well no it te- it's two steps away now and i mean technically ha- ha- it's a real tough one to try to justify that well, this has been an eye-opening fucking experience. Again, yeah, people are fucking trash. Again, it's called Tread. Check it the fuck out. Uh, I have been the Jew. I'm still the Yeti. We'll see you motherfuckers next week. Peace.